Welcome to Straight Up Sports. This is the Week 6 Missouri 8-Man Football Preview. I'm going to go over the media poll. Week 6 action. A few thoughts about Week 5. As we push to the playoffs, a lot of stuff came out this week, whether it was a couple teams dropping out of the playoffs, where the state championship game is going to be at, and more on this week's episode of Straight Up Sports on Missouri 8-Man Football. Enjoy. Okay, we're going to start today's episode. It's just going to be me on this podcast. I might do another one and have Anthony come on with me and pick some games. Haven't decided yet, but I wanted to get this one out uh, Thursday morning, so I'm recording this late Wednesday night. And I'm sure Anthony, uh, the great dad that he is, is in bed, unlike myself, recording this after midnight, um, so early Thursday morning. So what I'm going to go through first here is the media poll, uh, the top 10. We actually had three teams receive votes um, as well, which is the most we've had since week two. So we had four other teams receiving votes outside the top 10. So I think the media members after last week got pretty narrowed down to 10 plus one extra vote on the outside. Uh, after last week, things have opened back up towards the bottom of the top 10. Um, so we'll kind of see what kind of goes on here. Uh, for the first time all year, Mound City is the unanimous number one in the media poll uh, with all 10 first place votes, followed by North Andrew, who jumps from four to two after their win over number over then ranked number two, North Shelby. Uh, they got a big game this week against North against Danbury. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Southwest Livingston holds steady at number three. Stanbury to four. They bump up one spot. North Shelby falls from two to five. Um, I still had them at five in my ballot as well. I actually, my top five, personally, was Mound City, Southwest, Stanbury, North Andrew, North Shelby, followed by Drexel, Archie, South Holt, Norway Holt, East Atchison, and Pattonsburg was my top ten. Of course, we have the top five here, Mound City, North Andrew, Livingston, Stanbury, North Shelby, followed by Drexel and Archie, and South Holt, Norway Holt. So the top eight was pretty close to what I had, um, two through four was jumbled from what I had, but everything else was pretty st- straight on. Uh, Pattonsburg 9, East Atchison 10 in this one. East Atchison getting back in the top 10 for the first time since the preseason poll, uh, whenever they were ranked at number 7 coming into the year. They ended up losing to Southwest Livingston by 24, dropping out, uh, received a couple of votes next week, and then they have not been back since, despite going on a couple-game winning streak. Uh, I'll get to the East Action here in a little bit. They've kind of fallen off everyone's radar after that week one loss. Uh, they beat a couple of average teams at this point. I mean, they beat Northwest Nottoway and they beat Rockport. Um, so they finally got three games in here through five weeks after a couple weeks off for quarantine. I wish we could have seen them versus South Holt and Holt. That would throw us a lot more by both those teams. But we'll learn more about the Wolves and the Spartans the next two weeks as they got to play Mountain City. EA on the road and South Holt and Holt gets them at home in Graham uh, next week. Uh, so my general thoughts here, also receiving votes, uh, St. Paul Lutheran got two votes, uh, both t- both 10 finishes um, and a couple of ballots there. Uh, they're one of the few undefeated teams left. Orc received a vote, and Rockport received a vote still. The Rockport vote for me is probably the worst one that I saw just because Rockport, they had like 20 yards of offense last week versus EA. I know it was through three quarters, but they got completely shut down by that Wolves defense. And I know they're three and two, so they have the record, but they might finish three and six. No lie. This King City game is probably their easiest game left, and that's a tough one. So that's kind of where they're at right now. 
Um, so yeah, that's where we're kind of at in the top ten. No big quarrels with me because I think ranking the top eight teams, eight and a half with East Ashton is just tough. Because I think any given weekend, uh, depending on these teams match up with each other, they can beat each other. I think Stanbury and North Andrew match up fantastic with each other. Um, I think North Shelby matches up great with Stanbury next week. I think it could be a deal where um, if things kind of go mass chaos, which I'm kind of rooting for at this point because I like chaos a little bit, uh, makes voting the balance really difficult, uh, but it's always kind of fun. So North Andrew beat North Shelby last week. I could see Stanbury beating North beating North Andrew, and then North Shelby beating Stanbury, and then we all just throw our hands up and say, "I don't know what to do with these three teams now. They've all beat each other in different forms." So we'll kind of see. That's that's what I'm kind of rooting for, just so we can see how everyone kind of ranks those three teams after they they go round robin against each other. I think it'd be a lot of fun, but we'll just have to see. Um, I still think Livingston is the second best team in the state. I've seen most of the top teams now. I think the only team I haven't seen in person of the top 10 is Stanbury. No, the top 11. The only team I haven't seen is Stanbury. So I saw Mountain City beat Livingston. I've seen Livingston beat Southland Nyholt and EA, but lose to Mountain City. So I've seen them multiple times. I've seen North Andrew beat North Shelby and Pattonsburg. I've seen North Shelby lose to North Andrew. I've seen Drexel and Archie. That was a scrimmage, but I did see them both live. I've seen South Holt Nolly Holt twice, beating Worth County and losing to Livingston. I'll see them again next week, and they can play Mountain City. I saw Pattonsburg twice, lose to Stanbury North Andrew. I saw EA lose to Livingston. I saw Lutheran beat Concordia. So I've seen a lot of the top ten teams at this point, looking at it now just in person, uh, more than I have in most years. And Livingston's impressed me the most. Uh, I know they have one loss, tough loss to Mountain City. They did lose their, their quarterback, got hurt. They really limited on offense through three and a half quarters there. But credit Mount City for the win. I just think that's a rematch. It's a very good game um, in a rematch. Not sure if we're going to get that rematch, though, because both teams have really hard uh, playoff routes to get to that point. Um, but I do like Livingston a lot. And if Mount City slips up the next two weeks, uh, I think Livingston and North Andrew have a chance to bump up to that one spot. And I think we'd see some split votes to see who would actually get that number one seed. Uh, kind of going forward, but that would require Mountain City losing to either EA or South Holt Nottoway Holt. I know they lost to EA last year. They haven't lost to South Holt Nottoway Holt since, was it 2016, 2017? It's been a while since they've lost to South Holt Nottoway Holt as well, and they really haven't lost to those teams in the last 25 years because Mountain City didn't lose a whole lot anyways. Um, so they're definitely the favorites going the next two weeks. I just think they have a tough couple of weeks here. Uh, this is their two-week stretch kind of deal if they get through this. They should go undefeated in the regular season. North Andrew Stanbury, the winner of that game probably gets the two seed in the state next week. Uh, just kind of the way it works out, as long as Mountain City wins. So we'll see. So yeah, I'm really excited for this. Um, Drexel Archie playing this week. We'll get to the games here in just a minute. Actually, we'll get to the games right now, and then we'll go to all the stuff that Misha has changed this week and kind of my general thoughts on that. Um so let's see here. Week six. Also, we've done a, we did a great job last week with COVID. This week, another game canceled Concordia and Northwest Hughesville. Um, this is as of late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. And right now, no one has scheduled Hughesville. So it looks like they're going to have their second bye, which really sucks for them. Sucks for East Ashton, too. They've had a couple of buys here due to COVID, but just not much they can do. As of right now, 
I think everyone's playing besides those two teams. Um, somebody just runs through the schedule real quick, starting with the ranked games. I'll just kind of go quickly through these. East Anderson and Mound City over in Mound City. Me and Anthony Crane have talked about this, and if we do a podcast tomorrow, um, this could be very interesting. I know he's higher on EA now. Um, he thinks they're kind of a dark horse and maybe make some noise here late in the season. They do have Mound City and Stanbeer on their schedule still. Um, so they could definitely make a push here towards the higher up in the rankings. They get a couple of big wins here going down the stretch. Uh, defensively, they are very good. Uh, I think week one was a little bit misguided. I think Livingston just gives a lot of teams issues with the way they spread you out and attack you. I think Mount City was the one team in the conference that athletically on the outside could match up to that a little bit better than what EA and South Holt Nolly Holt could. Um, so Mount City kind of was able to slow down Neptune and Hare and Keeney and all those guys on the outside for Livingston. And with Hughes injured, it helped as well. But they did, still did a great job in coverage whenever Hughes was throwing the ball in the first quarter with a pick, couple picks there early on. So Mound City matches up great with Livingston with that situation, with kind of on the outside with the speed they have with Osborne and Papa and Tubbs and uh, Zimbel's kid. They do a great job there on the outside. They can match up with Livingston on the outside better than what South Holt, Nami Holt, and EA could, um, or at least EA did in the first game. But if you put EA and South Holt, Nami Holt in the trenches against teams, I think they're going to do very well in games like that. So I think that's why EA matches up well with Mound City and a Stanberry. And that's why South Holt, Nami Holt was able to beat up on a Worth County. And that's why I think they're going to play well with a Mound City or if they have to play a North Andrew in districts. They match up better in those type of atmospheres and those type of games, in my opinion. Uh, but EA, I like the team. Josh Smith starting to figure things out. They were a little bit out of sync there in week one. They're starting to figure things out now. They got Kaelin Merriweather more in a better offensive set, better scheme-wise for his skill set, I think, now. They had Ian Headland playing a little bit of fullback and tight end, which they're getting their, their better athletes the ball in more creative ways. I thought Coach Barron would do that a little bit, and he has figured that out. I really like seeing that because they are very good athletes over there. I just can't pick against Mountain City here. I think they're just, they're just too talented at this point, and they're too proven of a commodity for me to pick against Mountain City. Um, I wanted to pull the trigger here, but I just couldn't uh, give me Mountain City um, in this one. I think it's going to be a very good football game, though. Um, up next, the game of the week, the game I'm going to be at, number four, Stanbury, at number two, North Andrew. Um, if someone from Stanbury is listening to this, I need a Stanbury hat still. I got a North Andrew hat from last week. Thank you to Carson Thomas's dad uh, from North Andrew. Uh, he found me right when I got to North Andrew last week and got me a Sweet, sweet North Andrew hat that you guys saw there on KQ2 towards the end of my interview. I threw it on there, um, much to the surprise of Chris and Adam there on KQ2. Then I got another hat. So if I could get a Stanbury hat, and if you guys pull off the little mini upset here, I'll throw that on there for the broadcast as well. Um, but we'll kind of see there. Also, thank you to Coach Bass. Got me and Anthony some shirts from North Shelby. We really appreciate that as well. Um, but this game, Stanbury, North Andrew, I know... Most people will say, I think, believe North Andrew wins this game. And I've been leaning North Andrew all week. But then, and this podcast hasn't come out yet, but Anthony Crane's prediction on the KQ2 Sports Podcast, whew, he's got North Andrew in a route, I believe, over Stanbury. And um, I think I might just go the anti-Skip Bayless of eight-man football and go against Anthony on this one and just pick Stanbury to win in a very close football game. And I hate 
taking against North Andrew for the third time this year in the game of the year. It has not worked the first two times because Pattonsburg and North Shelby both lost to them. Um, and I was really, I was more confident with the North Shelby game than I was the Pattonsburg game, and it was a closer game. So I feel a little better about that, but still, I don't like picking against North Andrew because their three-headed monster has proven me wrong time and time again with Thomas, Ecker, and Goff. And their line and the way North Andrew plays, it's just tough to beat them. I like the way Stanbury matches up with them. I'm not confident in this pick at all, but I'm going to go Stanbury by a touchdown. I think it's a great football game between two blue blood powerhouses. I think it was a 2012 through 2017. These teams um, met up for the state championship game. Let me check that real quick. I know it was five years in a row and it started whenever I was in high school and went afterwards. I mean, those two teams were just so good. And we were talking to Chris Roush and he's like, yeah, well, those teams are pretty, I'm like, yeah, we played against those Stanbury teams at not only hold uh, for about a quarter. And then it was over because they were just much more talented than us and just, athletes across the board and Stanbury if you watch them on film which I did when they played Albany they just got dudes like across the board dudes and um I don't think they have the great player they had before with like a um Nathan Luke or a Trey Sheaver or a Cole Durbin guys like that but they just got athletes across the board. Yeah, so it was 2012, Stanbury won. 2013, North Andrew. 2014, North Andrew. 2015, Stanbury. And then 2016, North Andrew. All playing each other and all were great games there. Uh, of course, the first game, it was Dan Collins there for Stanbury. I think he may have been there for the second one, too. Maybe the third. I don't remember when Coach Hilton took over there at Stanbury. But he did win a title there for him. Collins won a title for him. And then Schoonover won the three titles there for North Andrew. Um, so those were five really good years for Stanbury North Andrew kind of, that's when they kind of catapulted to the top of eight man for a while, especially Mount City was down a bit during that time. Um, maybe not in 12 and 13, they were down defensively, but offensively they were still rolling, had a couple of down years there. Then of course, the last couple of years, Mount City back-to-back state championships, Worth County won a state title after that as well and made another one. So those are the blue bloods. These are two of them right here. It should be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see how these two teams uh, match up. And it's always fun to watch Stanbury North Andrew play because both teams are so physical up front. They control the line of scrimmage. They play fundamentally sound. Coach Williams is a great coach. Coach Hilton does a great job there at Stanbury as well. Uh, Much respect to both those guys. They've both been really great to me. Um, I hate picking against one of them, but I'm going to slight with Stanbury. Not confident in it, but I'm going to do it just to pick against Anthony. Um, Because why not? Uh, next one up, Platte Valley at Livingston. This should be Southwest all the way. Platte Valley is so banged up. Livingston has the big advantage here. Uh, Keatsville at North Shelby. Um, this is a top five team versus a bottom two or three team. So kudos to Keatsville for making that trip over to North Shelby. Um, I think that as of right now, they're going to. Uh, it's homecoming for North Shelby. I think their JV kids will get plenty of playing time. Um uh, this North Shelby is just much better than Keatsville at this point. And Keatsville, new program. They'll get things figured out eventually. It just Right now, it's just tough. Um, but I did hear they're better than last year's Chillahowie team. From what I've heard, people like, they're bad, but they're not quite as bad as last year's Chillahowie. So that gives me some hope for Keatsville kind of going forward because Chillahowie last year was very bad. Uh, the next big game here, Drexel at Archie. Uh, there is a rumor down there that Archie, their quarterback, uh, may be suspended for this game. 
a la kind of like last year with Mount City, Southwest Livingston, where two Mount City of their better players were suspended for that game. Livingston went to town and beat them. I think the same thing could happen here. I'm taking Drexel in this one. Um, if both teams were at full strength, um, I think I might take Archie. Um, and these teams, let me look, pull these stats up real quick. First of all, it's not just a quarterback there for Archie. They have a really good running back in Dylan Sutton. Um, he's got, I think, 21 touchdowns this year, uh, which is the most for any non-quarterback. Uh, the top, there's at least 11 guys with 16 touchdowns this year. Uh, Zane Reed from Pattonsburg, Wes Hughes from Livingston, uh, Blake Buchanan from Oric, Dylan Sutton, Archie, Tucker Wolf, Archie, Jacob Coffey from Drexel, Parker Muff, King City, the two, the duo, the duo from North Shelby with Lunsford and Stoneburner, Damlo from Hughesville, Alarcon from Worth County. So other guys who aren't running, who aren't quarterbacks, you have Sutton, Coffey, Muff, Lunsford, and Alarcon. So five guys there of the top eleven are not quarterbacks. Many of them are quarterbacks. They have the, the throwing and the rushing <clears throat> touchdowns in there. But right now, Dylan Sutton with the twenty-one touchdowns uh, is pretty fantastic. Coffee with eighteen on the year. They're two of the most. Um, also in total yards, I think Sutton's right now just under a thousand, and Coffee is eight hundred and fifty. Uh, Jacob Coffee's a really good running back, and uh, I know we talk a lot about the guys up north here with Papa and Hughes and Quinlan and Alarcon and Muff and guys up here who are really good football players. Um, but we don't give enough love to the guys down south there, especially at Drexel with Coffee. He's a very good football player offensively and defensively. One of the better players in the state there as well for Coach Dean down there in Drexel. And he needs to get his um, due here, and I'll give that a little bit to him right here. And I think they ride him and Ethan Irvin to a win here for Drexel. Uh, should be a fun one, though. I expect a lot of points in that game. Drexel has a really good defense, um, but Archie, they've proven this year they can put up points in a – Hurry. Let me see if I can pull that up here real quick. As they have two of the top three high scoring games this year. They scored over 80 twice. They scored 84 versus OCL and 82 against against Liberal. Uh, Drexel did put up 89 against OCL last week. Um, Archie also put up 70 versus Jasper and 62 versus Bishop of Blonde in their couple of their wins this year as well. So Archie can just put up some points. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with that right now. Um, Archie is leading the state in scoring right now, I believe. Yeah, it's 70.8 points per game. A full 10 points per game over the next highest in Pattonsburg and about 11 points over Drexel, who's third. Drexel is number one in points, only allowing 6.4 points per game. Archie is fifth, allowing 18. Uh, these two teams are first and second in point differential. Uh, Drexel winning by 53 points per game and Archie winning by 52.8, the next highest is North Shelby and Mound City uh, with 38 and 34.8 uh, collectively between those two as well. So a big wide margin there. They both really haven't been tested a little bit this year. We thought Jasper, we thought Rich Hill, but neither one had really been able to give a test to either one of those teams. Um, I don't think Drexel has played Jasper yet, um, but Archie has, and Archie took it to, to Jasper, took it to Rich Hill a little bit, and then Drexel really took it to Rich Hill as well. So we'll kind of see this game going forward. Uh, but give me Drexel to win that game over Archie and Climb. Maybe in the top five, it's going to be hard to, to move up as of right now because of the log jam up there in the top five with really good teams, but they're right there in it. Uh, Drexel is a very good football team. Uh, Stewartsville Osborne at South Holt, not only Holt, um, Spartans homecoming. Even the Spartans shouldn't be much of a test there. 
Uh, Stewartsville has proven they can get up early on teams. They got up early on North Andrew and Livingston, I believe, actually, or they were tied early on. Um, but they just can't withstand it. And South Holt and Ami Holt um, is just too talented there for Stewartsville Osborne. And the last top 10 team we have here is Rich Hill at number nine, Pattonsburg. Uh, Rich Hill really struggles a little bit. Um, they're not a very deep team. I think Pattonsburg can just run up the score a little bit and just keep scoring and scoring and scoring because that's what Pattonsburg does. That game might last a long time because every Pattonsburg game does. Um, as I was talking about with points, Pattonsburg has three of the top four highest scoring combined points of the season. Their wins over King City and LeBlanc both went over 120 points, and their loss North Andrew at 112. Um, and Rich Hill also has one game in the top five. Their win over Alpine City was a combined 112 points as well last week. So Rich Hill can put some points up. Everyone knows Pattonsburg can score. Let's just go first 80 wins and just call it good from there. Okay, then we're going to go to the 275 real quick and just kind of go rapid fire. Decab at Northwest Nottaway. Uh, give me Northwest Nottaway. I think they're having a little trouble right now. They're going to be able to play. They have a couple kids quarantined, I believe, in the school is what I heard, but they're still going to play. I don't understand all the COVID rules. not going to try to, uh, but giving the muskets over to Cab. Uh, King City at Rockport. Big game here for Rockport. They need a win, but King City, uh, especially if Muff is back and healthy, Landon Wells, just too much for King for Rockport. There's too much firepower there. Give me King City over Rockport. Uh, St. Paul Lutheran at Santa Fe. Give me the Saints here over the Chiefs. I will not say on the NFL. I will say that here in eight-man football. Um, Lutheran, uh, just too good defensively. Santa Fe is going to struggle to score against them. Um, and Lutheran is just going to grind out a win. Uh, interesting game here. Jasper at Bramer. Jasper, one of their running backs, is out for the year, I believe. That's really going to hurt their offense. They struggled to score last week versus Liberal. Uh, Bramer, I think a little bit worse than Liberal at this point. And Bramer, uh, they did throw the ball a little bit more last week with Brame or Brame. I'm not sure how to say his last name. I'm going to go with Brame for now. Not sure if I do get it wrong. So I'm from Bramer. Please correct me. And then, of course, also Parker's shoe uh, is a pretty good – Okay, Henry's the quarterback. Brame is the receiver. That's what I'm trying to remember the stats. And then Parker's shoe, of course, there at running back is top 10 in the state in rushing yards right now as well. I believe. Let me see exactly where he's at. And there's a couple teams that still need to report stats, so this is not quite official, but what I have right now, he's fifth in the state in rushing with over 720 yards on the season, just behind Muff, Alarcon, Coffee, and Sutton. Not a bad group to be in. Um, just behind them, Ecker, Lunsford, Thomas, Joey Heron, and Braden Schick um, in that top 10 um, for rushing yards, all over 500 yards. So 10 guys already with over 500 Two guys over 1,000 already with Muff and Alarcon leading the state with 1,071 and 1,022. So, pretty good there. Also, Sutton and Coffee lead the state with 17 rushing touchdowns apiece. So, pretty impressive there. Followed by Ecker, Muff, and Alarcon all with 14. So, just a couple of stats I'm going to throw at you guys with that one. But, yeah, uh, Bramer, it's the Parker Shoe Show and maybe a little bit of play action with Henry and Brame. But I think Jasper does get them there. Um, should be a good game though. Very interesting matchup for the Wemo. I like the Wemo CRC cross battles to kind of gauge the strength of those conferences in the middle to the other teams. Um, just like this next one, uh, Norburn Harden Central at Liberal. Liberal big win last week. They're I believe three and two in the year now. Um, two and two in state in the eight man stuff. They did beat Pleasant Hope, however, uh, a couple weeks ago when they got a rescheduled game. But give me the Aggies. I'm taking Norbert Harden Central and uh, Coach Thacker in this one. 
I think they're a decent team at this point. I think they beat Liberal. Should be a very fun football game, though. They got to stop Gunnar Miller and know how to block him on the other side, but I think they can find a way to scheme around it a little bit. So give me Norman Harden Central. Uh, here we have a GRC Wemo, a GRC CRC uh, crossover game. Worth County at Oric. And actually, Oric, according to the media poll, is ranked a little bit higher right now because they didn't get votes, and Worth County did not after last week's loss. I do believe Worth County is still missing a couple of linemen. Um, should be interesting. Um, in this one, of course, you have the known commodities with Blake Buchanan and Ethan Wilson there with Oric. Um, I've heard the Miller kid is a pretty good little athlete they have as a freshman. Um, we'll see how he does against a GRC opponent. Um, it's a little different between playing the Santa Fe's and the Bramers and the Concordia's and the Norbert Hardships they played the last four weeks to get the 4-1 and record. Playing Worth County, it's a little bit different animal there. <clears throat> uh, Org did play them tough last year at Northwest whenever they played. That's supposed to be a game at North County, but their field was um, just kind of a mess at that point. Uh, but this one should be a game. I'm going to go with Org just slightly just because I think Worth County's banged up right now and missing guys due to COVID. Uh, but I would not be surprised if Andrew Alarcon just ran wild. Um, he's ran for at least, I believe, he's averaged like 245, 250 yards in games that he played a full one. Of course, they played Skylar County. He only carried the ball like eight times for like a 70 yards or something like that. But all the other games against the South Holt and Holt, against Donovan West, against King City, against Albany, he's had well over 200 yards, I believe, in almost all those games. Um, he's just tough to stop for four quarters because he's going to break one or two, and that's what you got to kind of prevent. Um, and I'm not sure if Oric can stop that from happening. Um so we'll just have to see. Uh, I do like Oric to win this game, but I think Alarcon should be high scoring, though, because Worth County, uh, defensively, they struggled a little bit. But they should do just a fine job there with that. Um, so give me Oric at home, just because Worth County is losing a couple, missing a couple linemen right now. Um, but I would not be surprised if Worth County won that game. Uh, GRC versus Independent, Albany at Schuyler County. Just give me Albany. Uh, they need a win here badly. They got one last week versus Platte Valley. Then they get another one here versus Schuyler. And they go into their final three weeks. A little bit of momentum before they play North Andrew, King City, and Pattonsburg. They need a couple wins here to kind of bolster their schedule, bolster their record going into the playoffs. Um, LeBlanc at Casey East Christian. Give me LeBlanc, Casey East Christian. Not very good. Uh, LeBlanc, I think they get a win here. They need a win. Lost to Archie last week after beating Keatsville the week before. Uh, so give me LeBlanc, second one of the year here at KC East Christian. And last game we have here, Osceola, Appleton City. I don't believe Appleton City is very good, but I know all Osceola is really not good. Um, so I think Osceola is one of the three worst teams in the state right now. So give me Appleton City with that win. So that's all the games there in week six. Um, I'm going to take a quick timeout. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the stuff that Misha changed uh, for this season going into the playoff time and where the playoff state championship game is going to be at next. All right, we are back, and now it's time to talk about the district um, changes that we've had here. And I kind of wish that Bramer and Keatsville would have announced they were dropping out sooner because if that would have happened, I think they would have kept Northwest Hughesville in District 2 and just left the 17 district down in district number one instead of moving Hughesville. 
Um, but they're going to keep Hughesville in District 1 for right now. Bramer and Keatsville have opted out of the playoffs. So this first round of everyone has a buy except for like one game going on, that is out. We don't need that anymore. Uh, there's no need. So now everyone will be playing in Week 1 besides the one seed in District 2. They'll get a buy and advance to the second round. But everyone else should play, and we should be good to go for this. Um, three team, three district of eight, and then one of seven. I'm really excited for this. 31 teams in the playoffs. We started the year with 34. Chillahowie, none of players. Bramer and Keatsville opting out of the postseason. Um, so, yeah, there we go. 31 teams. Should be really exciting. Um, I don't think it affects anybody going deep in the playoffs right now because Bramer and Keatsville just would have been a speed bump for either Livingston, Lutheran, or... North Shelby, those three teams are kind of have the inside track to that one seat in that district right now. Um, wouldn't have stopped any of those teams from advancing to the next round um, at all. If just that one seed now just means you get home field to District 2 in a bye week um, to get healthy and everything with that. So not much change there. We'll get to the district standings in just a minute. Um, but the important thing is they've announced that Chillicothe, will, the high school, will host the state championship game this year. I'm torn on this because I think, first of all, it would have been hard to get a college um, approval to play on a college campus this year just because of COVID and they kind of want to keep cases down as much as possible. And November is kind of a weird time for that. No one kind of knows what's going to happen. That's why it's not being played at Mizzou this year. I hate that it's not that it's decentralized this year and there's going to be four different sites uh, for the six, eight, six 11 main classes and the eight main class are going to four different sites for this. In total, I don't like that a whole lot. I think it's a mistake personally, just because I like having, I get why they can do a centralized this year because of COVID. But we see in the past where they've had everyone at one spot and eight man at a different spot. I hate that. I really don't like that because it's pretty much an eight man just go over there, be away from us. Because they used to play, everyone would play at Mizzou and then the eight man teams would play at Northwest, which was, I guess, was fine because. You would have a Worth County Mound City, and they would just meet up in Maryville. Um, but with Eight Man expanding now and getting farther and further south and east, I like having everything in one central location. In the last three years, I've called a state championship game for K and I M out of the, out of Maryville. I was lucky enough with Worth County and Mound City both making the last three years uh, at least one of them that I've been able to call the games down there and keep broadcasting throughout the whole playoffs. Um, Forty five. Games in total broadcasting there for KNIM. A lot of fun. Um, my favorite thing was the eight man plays before class six because the dimensions of the field are different. So they have eight man play first, and then once they're done, they take the markings off of the eight man game and play the 11 man game, uh, the class six game. And watching the people from these big schools, the the Blue Springs, the Joplins, the I don't remember who even played last year for the class six championship game. I think it was Rockhurst. Watching their those radio crews and those head coaches kind of come through, whether it was down at Missouri State or there in Columbia at Mizzou last year, watching those guys kind of come in and just kind of watch a half of eight-man football and go, this is different, but I like it. I like the speed of it. And just like they don't see that because, they're of course, they're dialed in the Class 6 school. They're dialed in the schools. And I tweeted this out earlier this year. I'm not sure if I still have it on here. Enrollment. I love this stat. It was back when we had all 34 teams. Um, and the population of Blue Springs and Blue Springs South, both Class 6 schools, I believe, 
um, was the same as the other 34 um, eight-man teams, including their co-ops, had combined. This is how much difference the size of schools are. So they're not used to seeing this, and they're watching Mound City play Southwest Livingston. They're like, I don't know what this is, but this is great. It was, of course, two years ago with Worth County and Mound City. It was a great football game all the way to the end. Um, and it's just a way for the eight-man game to kind of get some respect there with the other 11-mans. Like, they just kind of see the game maybe for the first time or for the only time that year. They're like, oh, this is a fun game because there's so many points scored, and it's still football. It's just different strategy with everything like that. So um, I love that. I love that atmosphere of it. Um, one thing to talk with the eight-man game is they're always the early game. I'm not sure, actually. I'm trying to – I haven't looked to see if they're going to play – let me look here if they announced exactly what they're going to do for the state championship game when it comes to the date of that. So let me look here. So class six is still going to be played on Saturday, November 28th. It still says 11 a.m. on Friday, December 4th for eight man, but I'm not sure if they're still going to do that. If they're playing at their own location, I'd be okay with them playing on Saturday at like a three o'clock kickoff or something like that. I mean, I think that would be the best time to kind of do it. Not sure if they'll do it that way just because everything's kind of going to be different this year with the state championship games. Um, so as of right now, what I'm seeing here is Friday the 11th. I'm not sure since they just announced all that today. Let me see. Eight man, show me both played in Chilcot. Let me see if I read this press release that was said there. Um, of course, this is probably the press release real quick. Uh, the Missouri State High School Association will play at Show Me Bowl for the eight-man classification at Jerry Litton Memorial Stadium at Bob Fairchild Field in Chillicothe. And that's all it says. It does not give a time. It just to say Blair Oaks, Elias Catholic, and Jefferson City agreed to host the 11-man games. Um, more information will be finalized later, such as who will host what game. And I'm guessing times and stuff as well. So I'm not sure yet how they're going to do that. I hope they play on Saturday just because I think the semifinal is going to be on Saturday. So I'd like to see the teams get a full week um, between. So let me see if they had anything in the 11-man release. I didn't read through these all the way. I think they're still trying to figure out the logistics for everything. But they at least announced the sites kind of deal. So I'm pretty excited for that um, kind of going forward. State championship bracket has not been updated. So we're just going to see, wait and find out. Um, it's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, there's not much else we can do going forward in this. We're still just waiting for everything to kind of figure itself out and who's going to be um, where when it comes to that championship weekend. Uh, but I'm really excited for it. Um, with it being at Chillicothe, first of all, it's great for two teams. Um, in the same district, Southwest Livingston, it's in their backyard, and North Shelby, um, as Coach Bassett over there, it would be their shortest drive. That's an eight-man game they've had since they've joined eight-man, um, which is just crazy to think because there's no snow teams over there by them, except for Skyler this year, and they were on their schedule. So uh, North Shelby, definitely in for, if they were able to make it that far, that's kind of we preface them like, like, hey, if we're blessed enough to make it that far, it'd be our closest game of the year. So 
that'd be interesting there for North Shelby. It helps them kind of out. Um, and then Southwest Livingston, it's 20 minutes in their backyard. So that would be a big plus for those two teams. For everybody else, I mean, for the teams down south, they were probably going to have to travel uh, decently far anyways, just because of the way geographically. That's why I was kind of in the favor of something in KC or – so I kind of had done the three. Um, someone else kind of put a fourth one out there. So the four that I kind of thought about, uh, first of all, Northwest Missouri State. I think they have great facilities there. Of course, where I went to college, it's really centralized for 16 teams up there, especially class districts three and four. Um, but I was probably the lowest on the four that I had was going to be Northwest because it would be such a far drive for a Drexel, an Archie, a North Shelby. Even at Livingston, it's an hour and a half away. Teams that were going to be state contenders be a really far drive for them. The other one I had was uh, Missouri Western. They have great facilities there as well. Um, it's a little farther south, so it's still right in the ballpark of all the teams up north, but it's closer for Livingston, about the same for North Shelby. The teams up down south don't have to go quite as far. It's about 40 minutes less, so there's that. Um, the last two, uh, the one that I thought about was William Jewell up in Liberty, um, right, outside, right in Kansas City area. I, that was an interesting one. Um, of course, it's really close to Oric, um, but like everyone else, it'd be about the same. Like it wasn't going to be. It's a more centralized, I think, location. And then the last one, which I did not think about, um, I'll give uh, Matt Tritton, who does stuff for Northwest, and he also um, helps report for KQ two shooting highlights this year. He said Central Missouri over there at Warrensburg. And that one would have been very interesting, actually, because it's kind of a split the difference between the North and the South. Um, of course, North Shelby, they got to travel far wherever they go. So they're kind of like uh, – Chillicothe's great for them, but like either way they're going to be traveling quite a few miles there to get to any game uh, for a state championship. Uh, I think, first of all, Central Missouri has fantastic facilities over there at Warrensburg. So that would have been a very interesting one as well. Um Personally, I was rooting for Liberty um, just because I thought it was its first closest drive for me. That in Missouri Western probably was. Uh, but Warrensburg would not have been a terrible one. Um, also, I saw, I think, Cole Young, who does the voting for media poll. He said, how about North KC High School? And I thought that would have been an interesting one. First of all, I like that one as well because I live in right near Glasgow and Parkville. So North KC High School is... Like 10 minutes away, I could have made it there in no time and been back in bed and visiting my dog. That would have been great for me personally. But another one that's Cadet and Liberty, kind of the same deal with, hey, let's put it in KC. Everyone can kind of come to one spot. It's going to be a drive for anybody kind of deal. So we'll kind of see with that. But Chillicothe, for a high school location, it works out pretty well. Um, I did see one. It was down at Drexel. They said, why not play it at the higher-ranked team's home field. That's not terrible. The one thing you kind of get with that is I don't want to go to Mount City for a state championship game. I don't want to go to Stanbury. Um, I don't want to drive to Drex. I, I don't know if some of the smaller schools are equipped. But I think Mount City would be, but Stanbury, if they were the highest-ranked team and they made all their state championship game, they are not equipped to host a state championship game. Just their facilities just aren't equipped to do it. Their press box isn't big enough, not enough stands. Just stuff like that, I don't think, would just logistically, this is, stand, I'm picking on Stanbury, it's like, that's just one example. I don't think North Andrew could. I don't know if they have a big enough facility. Mount City is like bordering on the edge, and they have one of the um, bigger 
crow's nest now kind of deal with there. I haven't been to Drexel, but I doubt they're just kind of equipped for Because none of these small high schools have the facilities to accommodate the media that it would take to run a state championship game. Like, that's the one thing that would kind of hold everyone back with that. So, um, Chillicothe, I think it's an okay location. Um, either way, you got to play a football game on a football field against other teams. So, it doesn't matter that much. Um, I'm not even sure how far Chillicothe is. I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes for me. So, it's not it's not terrible. I, I, I can't complain about that. I mean, if I've traveled long farther for a game. I've traveled to Worth County, which is farther for me now than Chillicothe is. So, um, very interesting. Let me go to district standings here real quick. Let me get away from that enrollment. Uh, thank you for going on that rabbit hole. Okay, so what we're looking at now for District 1, I think it's still Archie and Drexel coming down that district. Uh, Hughesville is the three seed. Liberal, Jasper, Rich Hill, Osceola, and Appleton City right now. Um, so we'll kind of see. But I think Archie and Drexel, uh, winner this week, will probably host throughout the districts there. So big win there. Also, you get to avoid the third best team in the district in Hughesville just to get an easier matchup in the second round in the Wemo Invitational plus Hughesville. District 2, just take off Bramer and Keysville, and you still have the other – so even if you take those two teams off, you still have two uh, two winless teams in that district. Another team with one one win. So it's just not a very good district overall, um, just in general. So I think Livingston will probably get the bye in that one. So they'll be the one seed, get the bye. Um, I, I assume North Shelby will be able to rise to that two seed, Lutheran to the three, Norbert Harden Central to the four, Skyler probably be the five, and then Concordia Santa Fe, six, seven, somewhere in there. The right now that's where they're at. Um, it's not going to matter that much. Um, I'd rather be the six seed or I'd rather match up with, with Lutheran than North Shelby in the first round, but just kind of get what you get. Uh, district three, North Angels the favorite right now. Um, I do think South Wilton holds their biggest competition just because I don't think Pattonsburg, um, they just have to outscore them. They have to win one way. It's just tough to go through the playoffs and make it all the way to state winning one way. And that's what Pattonsburg has to do right now. Oric, I don't think they have the, the guns to beat either North Andrew or South Wilton hold in the playoffs. Probably not a Pattonsburg either. And I think King City matches up with them pretty well. So we'll kind of see with that. And LeBlanc, Stewartsville. Indy Cab at the bottom of that district. So the bottom three seeds, not great. Uh, but I think there's five solid teams there. Um, I always still take North Andrew out of that one. I'll take Drexel out of one. And I think I think Livingston out of two for right now, but that's going to be a battle between them and North Shelby. In the district four, I'm still leaning to Mound City, but we'll know a lot after the next couple of weeks here whenever, first of all, Mound City, they got EA and South Lake Holt, Stanbury. They still got a murderer's row of games left with North Andrew, North Shelby, I know they got Worth County and East Atchison. So, that I mean, flip the EA. And, so, their last four games is North Andrew, North Shelby, EA, and Worth County. Three teams are currently ranked, and Worth County's been ranked most of the year. So, murderers row there for Stanbury, so we'll still find out a lot about them. Um, and East Atchison, they got Mountain City this week. They got Stanbury in two weeks. They got a couple of easier games um, sandwiched between them. So, we'll see what kind of happens there. But I think those are the three best teams in that district. Follow probably Worth County, Albany. They played in a two-point game. It's kind of right there. Then I think Rockport's going to be in for a world of hurt down the last part of their schedule. Just playing some really good teams down the stretch. And then Northwest and Ollie's in Platte Valley. Um, so we'll kind of see with that. Um, Rockport has to watch themselves, though. If they fall to that sixth seed, and if Platte Valley passes Northwest and Ollie in points, the way that would work, I know that Northwest and Ollie beat Platte Valley head-to-head. 
but the head-to-head goes first for the higher seed. So if it goes Rockport, Platte Valley, Northwest Nottoway, Platte Valley would actually jump up to the sixth seed. It's something to keep an eye on kind of going forward there. Uh, so it would actually end up being, if that's how they kind of went up points-wise with Rockport, Platte Valley, Northwest Nottoway, it would actually finish as Platte Valley, Rockport, then Northwest Nottoway in the seeding for it because of tiebreaker rules. Um, so right now, uh, Platte Valley can either be the 6 or the 8. They I don't think they have a really chance to be the 7. Uh, Northwest Nottoway, they're going to be the 7 or the 8. It's kind of the way it's going to work right now. And then Rockport, they're either going to be the 6 or the 7. So that's just the way I'm kind of looking at that right now. Just the bottom 3 in that district. Either way, they're going to play one of the top 3 teams in the district. So that's just tough. Really loaded district there. Um, and no matter what happens here, East Ashton, they could beat Mount City and Stanbury then have to beat them again going through the playoffs, at least one of them. Uh, so it's going to be just brutal to get out of that district, and I can't wait to see how it goes. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Stanbury, North Andrew, Friday night. Should be a lot of fun. I'll be reporting for KMA as well as doing KQ2 after the game. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see how it kind of goes. Again, Stanbury in the slightest of games. I'll see if I can't get Anthony uh, tomorrow, do another short little podcast with him, and just kind of go over stuff. Um, and also, thank you to the coaches and parents. I got hats from already. I got, let's see, Livingston, Drexel, Lutheran, Tattensburg, and North Andrews. So I got five hats right now, 33. I know I got a couple more hats coming. Just kind of waiting on the mail um, for them to get here. So the collection is growing. It's a lot of fun. Thank you guys for listening. It's after 1.30 now here in the morning. So I'm going to stop recording now and go to bed and post this in the morning. So you guys have a great one. Um, and I had a pretty good night. I mean, watching sports, the Lakers won, my St. Louis Cardinals won, the Cubs lost. Unfortunately, the Yankees won, but I can't win them all. So um, I'm happy, though, with the Cardinals and Cardinals winning, Lakers winning, and the Cubs losing. Makes me pretty happy um, with that kind of going forward. And we're one day closer to another Friday night of eight-man football. Um, I think that's it. I think I'm done. Um, I don't think I went with a power rankings for all 33 teams this year. This week, didn't get to that a little bit. I gave you my top 10. Um, I don't have that updated. So I still think that Albany, Worth County, King City are in the top 15. I think Hughesville is right in that group and maybe Lutheran as well. Um, I really wish Hughesville and Lutheran would have played. There's two games that we kind of missed out this year that I thought would have been really interesting and helped us kind of sort things out. That would have been EA, South Nami Holt, and Hughesville versus Lutheran. I think it would have helped us figure out some teams they just haven't played the competition that we've assumed they would kind of play this so far this year to kind of gauge where they're at with other teams that are of their caliber. So that's kind of where we're at right now. COVID does its thing. So everyone stay healthy and you guys have a great rest of your Thursday or Friday if you're listening to this. And um, if you have any questions for me for next week, uh, whether it's after the games, feel free to shoot me a message on Twitter or Facebook and I'll see if I can answer them on the next podcast. Um, I'll get to that as much as I can. So thank you guys uh, for listening and have a good one.